Welcome to The Microscopists, a bite-sized bio-podcast. Hosted by Peter O'Toole, sponsored by Zeiss Microscopy. Today on The Microscopists... Hi, this week on The Microscopists, I'm chatting to Jennifer Waters of the Nikon Imaging Centre at the Harvard Medical School. Tune in, watch, listen and find out what Jennifer's favourite type of microscope is. I feel like wide field is overlooked too much. The satisfaction of working in a shared resource, core facility. And we can help them. You know, we can turn that around and put them on the right microscope and show them how to run it properly and bam. What was one of her early inspirations? He had a telescope and he used to you know, take me up to the roof of his apartment and he would take images. I have a, I have a picture in my, um, in my office of, of the moon that he took. And to be seen, not just heard, her impressive sewing skills. They really are quite amazing. Now, if, I, I also think it's a good skill to have if like, you know, things go really awry in the world, right? And her favorite food. I mean, it's, you know, it's the perfect food, isn't it? When it comes to anything except health. All in this episode of The Microscopists. Hi, welcome Hi. to this version of The Microscopist with Jennifer Waters over from the Nikon Imaging Center at the Harvard Medical School. So Jennifer, how's you today? I'm doing well, thanks so much for having me. Now, I'm gonna start off actually, cause you've actually recently-ish, uh, just over a year ago, I think, got a Chan Zuckerberg award. I did, yeah. Like, Life-changing. <laughs> there's two things here, because not everyone will be aware of the Chan Zuckerberg initiatives, mm-hmm. and not everyone will be aware of what, you, what you've been funded to do. So actually, so could you t- explain a bit about the award, the Chan, Chan Zuckerberg initiative to start with? Sure. So Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, as the name implies, is uh, Priscilla Chang and Mark Zuckerberg's um, uh, philanthropic effort. Oh, no, no, I'm doing it, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going, keep going. (laughs) Um, It's um, uh, Priscilla Chang and Mark Zuckerberg's philanthropic effort. Um, And so they're putting money into science and justice and education. And they are super psyched about imaging. Um, I, I say often, I don't know what I did to deserve the fact that for whatever reason, they have decided that imaging is the most important thing and they're putting tons of money into it. So it's fantastic. And not only that, but they recognized, and as far as I know, they're the first funding agency, um, certainly in the US to recognize that positions like ours should be funded. Um, and so, yeah, the the you know the grant announcement came out and I I read it and I thought this is exactly what I do with my life and it was the first time I had ever read a grant um, you know call for proposals that that sounded like me so um, I wasn't sure if they were looking for like junior people it wasn't super clear or you know old people like me but I went for it and <laughs> I'm super glad I did because it's been fantastic um, it's really enabled me to do some of the things that I've been wanting to do. If you class your, if you classify yourself as old, that makes me really old. And that's not a good thing to think about. Well, I'm probably older than you think I am, Peter. 
and I'm probably younger than I actually look. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I'm tempted to compare numbers. I'm willing if you are. Uh, we should go in the chat and just put them up in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have. I will tell you that I have a big birthday coming this year. Oh wow! So yeah, a really big one. Not, I'm guessing that's not forty. Uh, no, it's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, Oh yeah, brilliant. You're older than me. Um, anyway. No, I, I turned 50 in June. Uh, you're a couple of years ahead of me. Yeah. Ah, which is quite good actually. We'll, 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 come back, we'll come back to that in a moment actually, because there's some relevance to actually how our careers have been quite similar in their timings. Yeah. As well. But so you, you've got the Chan Zuckerberg Award. What mm -hmm. is it to do? It pays my salary for five years and at full salary. And there's travel money, and there is also um, they've they've given us sort of additional money we can apply for. So last year, not last year, last year we didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> uh, previously, they they let us like apply for extra money to to visit other um, imaging scientists in the program. So yeah, it's been great. Um, when I applied for the grant, I I told uh, Harvard that if I get it, I'd like to hire someone additional in my group. So I was able to do that, which was um, awesome and, and has freed up my time, as I said, to do some of the little projects that I had been thinking about for a while. And what sort of projects are they? Uh, well, microcourses is, is one of them. Um, so this is my YouTube channel. Uh, I make short videos on sort of fundamental concepts in microscopy and um, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. I've learned a lot about things on YouTube. <laughs> um, and I sort of see it as a medium that is really um, accessible. And, and you know, the, I, I envision like the graduate students sitting in their microscope room waiting for their time lapse to finish and watching this, you know, 10 minute video on, on numerical aperture. So I feel like it's, it's the kind of thing that is easily digestible. Okay, so, so the importance of this, it's not obviously just for your students, your, your users of your microscope. So you, you run a facility which we'll come to, but mm -hmm. this is obviously, and hence the award for the initiative, this has global appeal. Uh, and it's really educating about the fundamentals of microscopy uh, and, and science in general, because uh, microscopes are fundamentally vital and underpin so much science research across the disciplines, actually. Yeah. that now people can access this because it is on YouTube across the world. And I think that bit's really important. How have, the biggest challenge, how have you managed to distribute, how, to, to get people to actually watch it? Because it's not just because you put it on YouTube doesn't mean people will know it's there and useful. So how have you found that? Twitter. <laughs> I mean, Twitter has been amazing. I mean, I have to, I have to say, I'm not a huge social media fan. I don't, I don't really use it. Um, in a personal way, uh, but it's been amazing for um, you know getting the word out on on these projects. So, yeah, I think it's all Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and I think we've had this conversation with other people in the past. Twitter isn't about for a lot of scientists. It's one of the best places, one of the best resources for learning, finding out new job new job potentials, latest yeah. publications, courses, and access to materials such as your own. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not about a conscious of thought, which is where maybe it started with celebrities. It's very much a very useful tool. It's super useful. I'm I'm always telling people you you really have to be on Twitter. I mean, there's I, I hear about so many things via Twitter. Um, so what's yeah. your what's your 
Twitter tag. Go on, what's your tag for it so they can... At Gen C Waters. And at York Bioimaging on my side. <laughs> it is, it, they're, they're fantastic resources. There's it lots is, of fantastic right. out there. So quickly pick them up as it goes along. So you've done that, but actually, so you, your passion for microscopy is helped and your, your passion for teaching. But that probably comes at the moment, your current job is at Harvard, but running the imaging center there mm -hmm. itself. And there's obviously a lot of teaching. So why, why are you running an imaging facility, an imaging <laughs> center? Why, do, how did you get there? How did I wind up here? Um, okay, so uh, let's go way back. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, yeah, so I, I went to um, SUNY Albany for, for undergrad and- What do you study? Um, what was I studied study? biology. I studied biology and, you know, honestly, like at the time I had no plans, no, no big plans for the future. I, I grew up in a family, I, I was the first person in my family to go to college. So it was never something that was talked about in my home or expected. And, and to be honest, I just sort of, you know, I did, did well in school and I just kind of followed a couple of friends who also went to college. Um, and uh, toward, I think it was my junior year, I heard that you could do something called undergraduate research. And, you know, it was explained to me what this is. You can get credit for doing research in somebody's lab. It sounded fantastic, right? So I, having never heard of it before. So, so I did that and I wound up in Conley Reader's lab, um, who is a microscopist and um, did a lot of DIC imaging of cells in mitosis um, using technology that no one ever uses anymore, <laughs> except the DIC part. Um, and took a lot of you know, two color fluorescence images on film um, and loved it. I just loved it. I wound up working for uh, Conley as a technician for a year after. And basically the people in his lab convinced me that I should go to graduate school. It was, it was never something I imagined even when I went to college, but they convinced me I could do it, you know? And so I looked around, I was in love with microscopes at that point. So I really wanted to um, wind up in a microscopy lab. And I, I applied to a few places specifically because there was a microscopist there I wanted to work with. And I wound up in Ted Salmon's lab um, at UNC Chapel Hill, go Tar Heels. And um, yeah, amazing experience. Ted, uh, it is a biology program, was a biology program. I, I do have a degree in biology, but Ted's an engineer um, in training. And so he had a very technical approach to microscopy. We all knew our microscopes um, in and out. And Ted taught in a lot of microscopy courses. And I was the first one to volunteer to TA. I TA'd a lot for him. Um, so, when I was finishing grads, you know, towards the end of graduate school, I started to feel like I wasn't curious enough about any particular biological problem. Like I don't, I don't feel like I have that sort of intense curiosity that I think you need to really drive um, a research program. And so I started thinking like, what do I wanna do? And I knew I loved the microscopes. Um, at the time, I didn't know anybody running a core facility that had a PhD. At the time it was a you know, technician, maybe a master's degree. Um, so that didn't enter my brain, but uh, basically what happened was one of the, the vendors who knew I was looking for a job um, 
learned that Wake Forest University, which is also in North Carolina, was looking for somebody to teach microscopy. So Nina Allen had just left there and left a sort of hole. She left a couple of microscopes behind. So I went there as an adjunct um, faculty member to teach microscopy course. So that was the first time I developed and taught a microscopy course on my own. And I was there for two and a half, three years, I think. Um, and then the job I have now opened up. And, you know, it, it was, I remember interviewing and asking every person I interviewed with, why aren't you hiring a technician? Because I wanted to make sure we're all on board. Like I could see why they should, should do this, right? Um, and they had exactly the right answers. Um, and so I felt really confident that it was going to be a challenging and interesting job. And so I took it. So it's a big, a, a big step, but actually it's very similar to myself. You started that in 2001. 2001, the core opened. Yep. Yeah, that, that's when I started my job. Yep. And actually, I, I, so I took over the running. It was a new core, new, new whole infrastructure of core facilities, all as one unit being put together at York. And yeah. I was asked, I, I went for the job for the imaging and cytometry core there in 2002. And so only a year behind. And it was a very yeah. different initiative, but it, but actually I didn't ask that question. It was a very good question, but I, I kind of saw the potential that actually, if you're a microscopist, you need, you've got to be very careful here. You know, there's technicians, and, and it doesn't matter what technical post, there's all sorts of skill sets that everyone brings to it. Absolutely, sure. Uh, and I could see the potential of using the postdoctoral experience <laughs> to drive research and enable research and bring that postdoctoral expertise to lots of different science. Instead of addressing one scientific question, it's addressing lots of scientific questions. And, and that's why they're such fantastic environments to work in. Mm -hmm. So have you, have you had many difficulties in dealing with the variety of sample types, the variety of different research projects that have come through your doors? Oh, sure. Um, you know, there are things that come in that are very challenging. And, and probably one of the most challenging things for me, really, in doing this job for so long, um, you never could have told me I'd be here in the same job 20 years later. Um, but I still love it. And it's an incredible place to be. Um, and so, you know, for me, the hardest thing is actually been seeing how things have changed in microscopy over the years. And um, like when I first started, people would come in and they'd have, everybody does a consultation initially with me and now with other people from my group as well as me. And, um, you know, we talk about what they want to do, of course, their experiment. We think about how it might be done and controls and this and that. And it used to be that I could be like, oh, wait, we can do it way better than this. You know, we're going to use a motorized stage and we got this and that and they'd get all excited. And now they come in and they want to do you know, storm and a live uh, spheroid, right? And so I, I find myself having to break a lot of hearts. Um, and so it's gotten a little more like, you know, you feel bad. But at the same time, what I tell myself is you are saving these people a hell of a lot of time, right? And effort by steering them in the right direction. So um, yeah, so I, I think that's what I think of when I when I think of hard is, is the people that come in with an idea for, for an experiment they're really excited about. And, you know, I have to explain to them why it's, it's probably not worth their time to even try. I'm always happy to test things with people. In fact, I like it when people are skeptical. Um, and so I love a good skeptic. And so happy to test things, even if I think they're impossible. But yeah, those are the things that are hard. 
you can be optimistic as well as skeptical at the same time. Absolutely. Although I, no one's ever accused me of being optimistic. <laughs> I consider myself a realist, but I think probably I'm air unpessimistic. But but I'll say, um, yeah, no, it's very similar problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you find, what, what, what technique, what microscope technique is your favorite technique? Mm. I have to say the appropriate one for the specimen. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, that wasn't fair. I will give a real answer, wide field. Um, I, you know, wide field is an incredibly light efficient technique, right? You are getting as many photons out of the sample as, as most microscopes will allow, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a well set up wide field microscope. And the truth is it's, it's the best choice for a lot of samples and a lot of experiments. It's gonna get you, you know, highest signal to noise ratio um, uh, for many applications, L you know, less photo bleaching because you need less illumination, et cetera. So I, I just still, you know, I love wide field. Um, the, the new techniques are, are exciting as well, of course, but I just, I feel like wide field is overlooked too much. <laughs> I never had a Nobel prize for it, I don't think. Isn't that sad? If you yeah. think about it, but then nor has gone both. The, the There's a lot of things in microscopy that it's sort of shocking that have not gotten Nobel Prizes that have had very, very high impact. Yeah. Absolutely. That, I'm looking a bit, I'm looking, yeah, I'll go I'll be careful how this looks because you just asked, I'll just ask you what your favorite technique is. What mm. technique do you least like? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difficult one, isn't it? Um. <clears throat> I mean, there's no technique that I hate, you know? Um, I, things that are really prone to artifacts um, are, 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 I have the hardest time with. Um, not that those aren't things that, that can, work around, can be worked around and paid attention to, but like for me, from my perspective, usability is so important. Right, and so when techniques come out that, and there's a lot in the super res space like this, okay? Um, when these techniques come out and, the, and they, you know, the developer and the, you know, down the line, the commercial, commercial uh, companies that, that commercialize the instrument, you know, they tell you all the great things about it, right? But um, there are always compromises. Right, there's always things that uh, you have to worry about and you have to test for, and so I think those techniques that, from you know, from somebody who doesn't have a strong microscopy background, they look at it and think, I need to do that technique, you know, but the limitations of it, the really like tons of limitations of it, are not so apparent. Um, so that's, I'm not giving you an individual, you know, single technique there, but I think those are the kinds of things that I, yeah. Less fond <laughs> more, more, actually, more skeptical of, maybe that's a better word for it. Or, or, yeah, I am, I'm, very, I'm skeptical. Of the results. I, I've never seen a microscopy image I wasn't skeptical of. <laughs> so coming, coming back to the start, what was your inspiration? Or have you, who, who inspires you? Who, who, you know, inside and outside of, of work, 
Mm-hmm. Who, who are the characters? Who are the people? What inspires you? Yeah. I think, you know, I, I only, this only occurred to me when I was about 30, to be honest. But when I was a kid, my dad was, um, you know, as I said, he, he didn't go to college, but, but he was a, a big reader. You know, he read a lot and he was, he was into science. You know, we used to watch like Carl Sagan videos together and, and things like that. And I thought science was super interesting and he had a telescope and he used to, you know, take me up to the roof of his apartment and he would take images. I have a, I have a picture in my, um, in my office of, of the moon that he took. And there was a point where it clicked to me <laughs> that, you know, this, this must be in there somewhere, this idea of uh, taking images through optics, right? So I, I feel certain that that was a, an initial inspiration. Um, you do realize a microscope isn't a telescope though. You, you, you've got I do, that. I do, I do. They're quite different, um, but they also have some similarities. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, right now, um, at this point, uh, I could maybe talk about other people throughout, but um, my group inspires me the most right now. Um, you know, I have I have the best group I've ever had right now, I would say. Um, you know, I've had a lot of great people come through, but... So is this, is this a lot of your group? No, that is not my group. That is um, our last Cold Spring Harbor course. Actually, so some of my group is going to be in there. Maybe everybody. Well, actually, so for your... Let me put my, let me put my glasses on. <laughs> I, I can go to your group. I can come back. So this must be some of your lab. Well, yes. So well, that is... Um, so uh, we've got Tally Lambert there, who yep. I think many of you know, and Anna Jost in the middle. And then not part of my group, um, but uh, Hunter Elliott there. Uh, 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 on my right. And um, what are they, to the, I've got to say, they look like they're in a uniform of yellow. They are in a costume. Um, so if anybody's looked around our website, you might know that our microscopes are named after characters from the show Arrested Development. And um, anybody who, as uh, <laughs> uh, a fan of this show, will look at our website and sort of know that we, we um, we work hard to, to put the appropriate character with the appropriate microscope. Um, but this was the one of our departmental retreats and we had a, um, it was around Halloween and we had a costume contest. So we were dressed up as the workers in the banana stand, <laughs> which again, if you're a fan of Arrested Development, which many people are, you'll know exactly what I mean and you'll think it's super cool. <laughs> so, and- so I noticed you took the picture. I take it you were also in the costume? Um, honestly, I wasn't. I would have been, but I <laughs> sadly I hurt my back um, and I wound up not being able to go. Uh, but yeah. So think, thinking about when you can't get into work, I presume this is yeah. probably from a lockdown period. And this is all of us. This is the current group, um, plus not all of our pets, but but some of them. Um, so yeah, me, of course. Team, and then, sorry? So who have we got in the picture? Give them a shout out. Because obviously these are the people that really do the work now. Because obviously you're just Absolutely. making YouTubes all the time. So yeah, I don't do much of anything, people. to be quite honest, anymore. These people do it all, right? Yeah, so there's me up there with my cats. 
Um, and Federico Gasparoli, so he's our um, newest fellow. Uh, he he has started since the pandemic. He he he's Italian. He came from Scotland, and he had to wait a very long time, poor guy, for his visa. Um, he, he's yet to know what the core is like without, you know, a mask and six feet away from everybody. But a uh, great guy, super enthusiastic. He's he fit right in right away. So. Um, uh, Anna Jost is um, holding the adorable tuxedo cat up in the corner there. And Anna was, yep, that's her. <laughs> um, Anna was uh, the second fellow in the Advanced Microscopy Fellowship Program that I run. And actually one of the reasons why I say the CZI award was life-changing is because what I did was hire Anna. Um, and so she is, her official title is Associate Director of Imaging Education. And so she, um, she's also very passionate about teaching like I am. And um, it's been awesome to have somebody who, who likes to think and talk about teaching approaches as much as I do. So that's Anna. And then this way here, uh, oh, yep, that's Tally Lambert again with two out of his three cats. Um, <laughs> yep. And on the other and uh, yeah, so Tally, um, I, I could talk a, a little bit more about Tally. Tally is a bit of a history. So he was actually a student in my first Cold Spring Harbor course in, in 2011. And um, anybody who knows Tally knows that he is uh, incredibly smart. So he, he really stood out as a student and we invited him back as a, um, a TA for the next course. And, um, you know, of course he, he was once again, fantastic. And he wound up the first of the, um, the fellows in my program. So we were also very lucky to be able to recruit and hire him. And he, he runs our most advanced microscopes. He works with our users who are, you know, sort of doing the most complicated experiments. Um, and, you know, he's, he's behind FP base and um, is a major contributor to Napari now. Um, yeah, great guy. And then last we have our second fellow, Riley Walsh. Um, Riley, also awesome. She's uh, very interested in teaching. She's obsessed with sim. Um, and yeah, she's, they're all just fantastic. And like I say, they're super inspiring, particularly the fellows, they're so excited. You know, they just, they just want to do everything and and um, it's they're just such a pleasure to have around. You got the fellows. You got a, and you, you mentioned on the cold just just for clarity. You got the TAs, which I presume are teaching assistants. Yes, teaching assistants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and these are, I think, a close of your cats. Um, yeah, those are my fur babies. So um, I am I am a proud crazy cat lady, and uh, that's Chloe and Olivia. So I adopted them um, almost four years ago now uh, from a local shelter and they were, they were, you know, street cats. So we had a little bit of a breaking in period, but um, they're absolutely adorable <laughs> and have been a great comfort to me in the last year as I've been stuck at home primarily. And I have a, a, a there was a picture that has not come out, which is drat. So I was going to say, because I, I also have a picture of you with, with the cats actually on a sewing machine and, and the picture oh. of the sewing machine isn't <laughs> there for some reason. But <laughs> this, is, this is either a deconstructed pair of jeans on your floor or you have cut the material out and started to sew your own jeans. Yeah. So this is, so one of my 
passions outside of microscopy is sewing. Um, I absolutely love to sew. Um, I made the majority of my wardrobe. Um, there you go. I am. Yep, that's me sewing uh, <laughs> at my Bernina sewing machine. I actually have four sewing machines. That's that one was my first one and the one I use the most. So why do you need the other three? Um, so I have two standard sewing machines. So when you make something like jeans, the, the last picture, which I'll, we can maybe get back to, but you are using two different types of thread. You're using the thread that you use for construction and then you're using um, the sort of, the, the thread that shows on the outside of your jeans, right? The, you know, usually yellow or coppery or color. Um, and so it's just faster and easier to sort of go back and forth between the two machines rather than rethread each time. So that's a little bit of a luxury. And then I have um, what's called a serger, which finishes the edges of fabric so they don't fray. And they're also used to construct knit garments like uh, t-shirts and things that are stretchy. And then I have what's called a cover stitch machine, which is for um, hemming garments primarily. That's what I use it for. So it's just like microscopes, a different microscope for different experiments. You now have a different sewing machine for each purpose of, of sewing. Exactly, so, they each have their own purpose, yes. So the shirt you're wearing today, mm -hmm. homemade or purchased? Yeah. Nope, homemade. No. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and the picture behind you is a pair of jeans that I'm in the middle of constructing. So I've, you know, I've done the fly and the pockets and the back pockets and the inseam and, and the next step is to, you know, sew the seams down the side and hem them and put the waistband and all that on it. So it's, it's so fun. And it's, it's one of those things that I get, my brain is, you know, like many of us, it's, it's, I have a hard time turning it off. It's just cranking all the time. Right. And so um, it's something that I can do that requires a lot of attention or you screw up, you know, which is frustrating. You have to backtrack. Um, and so I love it because I just turn off, you know, I just engross myself in you know, constructing this garment and it's super fun. And then I have like clothes that fit me. <laughs> Either that or Harvard aren't paying you enough. Uh, <laughs> so, actually, well, you know, if, I, I also think it's a good skill to have if like, you know, things go really awry in the world, right? <laughs> I, I think I'd rather farm maybe if things go really yeah. wrong. I think about the food. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll need farmers too, but you know, yeah. we need people to make our clothes. <laughs> So if you're listening to this podcast, do go and watch it on the YouTube channel because the, the, the shirt that Jennifer's wearing right now is awesome. You just, Thank I'm you. very impressed. It's a very yeah. different skill. Uh, it's really fun. I mean, there's different aspects of it too that are fun. Like the, the you know, the construction, like, you know, when there's hardware like this, there's there's hammers involved. I mean, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's so many parallels to the science world, yeah. all the instruments, all the tools, even hammers and, and your reagents that you're buying in. Exactly, it, it, there so are, many. it does feel like a scientific process. You know, there's problem solving, there's planning, there's, yeah, finding the right components and yeah. And of course the machines, you know, which of course I'm always calibrating and cleaning and making sure they're working optimally. So what else out of, out of, Actually, you've got a ton of plants. I was going to say, what else do you like when you're outside of work? But you've got a ton of plants behind you. And actually, I think you sent me some pictures of yeah, lots that's of my, plants. That's that's one of my windows. Yeah, I love houseplants. I, um, um, I have that, a lot of them. I have over 100. 
Um, there's there's a couple of um, couple like genera that I that I like to collect. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> it's a little bit of an addiction, but like it's another hobby, you know. I'm I'm a hobbyist. What genre of plants do you? I love um, Peperomia in particular. Um, they're my favorite. The the image you just showed was is my Hoya window. I like Hoyas a lot too. Um, it's yeah, it, it's sort of like their growth pattern. This this if if you're looking at me, the three on my um, that you can see on my on my shelf yep. here are um, Peperomia. So and I have some ficus over here. <laughs> um, yeah, again, it's like it's one of those things that is just the biologist. It's a, it's a little bit of the biology for sure, and and it's also really it's super relaxing. You know, my my mornings, um, I live alone, and my mornings are get up, make my coffee, you know, wander around the house and check out the new leaves and water, and I just I find the whole process very sort of zen, which is something that I'm a, I'm a little bit intense, so zen is good for me. Um, I noticed this picture, which you have of more plants, but I also noticed, yeah, uh, I presume in your house somewhere. I, yep. I presume this is your house. I noticed a picture hanging on the wall. Yeah. So actually, I, I had to zoom in on this. So I, I kind of edited your picture a bit and zoomed in. Yeah. So another hobby, which honestly has fallen a little bit on the wayside, is painting. That's a um, painting. Yeah, I painted that. That's awesome. Yeah. I see. So. so um, Explain. It, it looks really great. Uh, yeah. Like my crosspiece, I've got a pretty good idea what it is, but go and describe this picture for those actually listening. Oh, yeah. Thank fabulous. you. I, uh, thanks. I, I mean, it's I'm I'm certainly no you know uh, professional artist, but I do. It is fun. I mean, in general, I like to make things. You know, so it's it is. It, it's something I haven't been doing too much of lately, but um, I actually have an idea for a painting that's from from brewing, but. But yeah, these are point spread functions. Um, I call this one pleasure and pain. Um, you've got a, a sort of artist rendition, of course, of a perfect point spread function, and then a highly spherically aberrated point spread function. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer the perfect one. It looks like yeah. I'm radiant. It looks like I've got light shining from my head. <laughs> don't we all? I, yeah, I, I have a little bit of a, I love, I don't know, point spread functions, don't we all love them? And I did a little bit of a point spread function series. Um, I have a point spread function tattoo. I think some people know that, but uh, on my back as well. I, I won't ask you to show us right now. <laughs> <laughs> the students at QI get to see it. <laughs> right, uh, I, I, I want a Jennifer Waters picture in my house now. That, that's something that I've got to get. It's, <laughs> it's a beautiful picture. It, it's, yeah, it captures it really nicely. Thank you. Uh, at, least your, at least your aberrated one wasn't as bad as it could have been after a bad user. Mm. Yeah, can definitely get worse, can't it? So back into work, have you ever, what has been the most difficult time you've encountered at work and, and how have you overcome that? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, for me, probably the hardest times that I've had have been um, learning how to manage people, you know, that was, I, I really lucked out when I first, um, started my job because the first person I hired who I have to mention is a uh, woman, Laura Petrak. And I hired as a technician. We, we, she worked for me for 11 years. She worked her way up. Um, and 
she was absolutely fantastic and we worked very well together. She now works for Oka Lab. Um, and she kind of made me think it was easy, you know? And I've, I've had fantastic people throughout, you know, throughout my career working with me, but it, it's, you know, managing people can be difficult. Um, and, and that was learning that process and learning how to do that well um, was hard. That was, that was hard. Um, Still learning? Me. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I do think I've gotten better at it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and honestly, my current group makes it easy because they all have, you know, they're just such hard workers and very, very, um, creative and, um, and enthusiastic. So, so, and hard on themselves, you know, I, I'm quite hard on myself and, and these guys are too. So most of what I'm doing is, is really just telling them they're doing a great job. So, how so they make it easy on me. How, how did you learn the skills of managing staff? I actually took classes at one point because it was becoming clear to me that I didn't, you know, I mean, basically what happened was, what's happened is I, I, when you have somebody that works differently than you do, you know, it's it's trying to understand that and and get the best, you know, get the best relationship one can given that. Um, and I took classes. It turns out like this is a field that people study. <laughs> Right. And uh, yeah, I learned quite a bit from that. Um, you know, simple things like have a one on one meeting with each person every week. Um, and I started every week. I have a one on one meeting with each person of my group. I mean, there's only, you know, five of us. So it's, it's not hard, but it but it is really has been really good, I think. It, sometimes the meetings, I, I always tell everybody they're completely optional. If, if there's nothing you want to chat about, you can just not come. Um, and sometimes they're, you know, 20 minutes and sometimes they're an hour and a half. It's just, it's just a time that put aside every week that we can touch base. And it's actually been really important now, right? When we don't see each other every day, unfortunately. I think my team would hate me if I did that. I think they, I think they have enough of my voice just on the, on, the, on the lab meetings themselves, which is a couple of times a week at the moment. Yeah. Well, it tends to be pretty informal and, you know, sometimes some of it's just chit chat and, um, but yeah, it's really, uh, you know, I don't mean it, mean it. I, I absolutely hate micromanaging. It's like, I despise it. Right. I, I work no, no, best. I with... get it. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I do. I do get it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, it's, I, what I want to say is like, I really like people who are just sort of doing their own thing. Right. So it's nice to have a, a, pl a place to come together and talk about what they're doing, you know? So we just sort of chit chat and I so, like it. I think they do too, but. <laughs> so difficulties at work, managing. What, throughout your career, what has been the biggest highlight, the most enjoyable period that you've had to date? Hmm. You know, starting the Cold Spring Harbor course was, um, that was a really big deal to me. Uh, so I had taught, as I mentioned, I was a teaching assistant for, for Ted Salmon for many courses when I was a graduate student. And, um, and I, when I got the job at Harvard, I thought, oh geez, I'm at Harvard now, I better you know, brush up on stuff. And so I um, contacted the directors of the course that I had taken as a graduate, school, uh, graduate student, um, which is at the MBL, the AQM course. 
and asked if I could come and just kind of hang out. And I wound up going to that course for nine years. And at the same time, of course, I was developing curriculum at Harvard and I was by the end teaching a graduate course in microscopy at Harvard. And um, the directors of that course directed it for a very long time, you know? And so I just got to the point I wanted to do my own thing. You know, I had a lot of ideas and, um, and I just, you know, honestly just was getting frustrated kind of with somebody else's vision, I had my own. and. Um, so I, I decided to leave, and I, I should say I was teaching in other microscopy courses as well, a couple of different courses at Cold Spring Harbor, one by John Murray, um, for example. And, and um, at the time, at Cold Spring Harbor, because I was a core facility person and didn't have the word professor in my title, I was a teaching assistant in the course, even though I was acting as an instructor, right? So at the, at the time, it, people in core facilities running a course like this was not a thing. And so I left. Yeah, you, you put that down to, I guess, just literally name snobbery. The, 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 Absolutely. Yeah, the, I the think. The title, not of the capabilities at that point. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it was, it's just a perception, right? Of, of this is, this is a, the realm of the professors, the teaching of the grad students and professors, right? You, you, core facility people are there to help know how to use the microscope or, you know, train them how to use the microscope. But I think it was, that was more the perception at the time. Um, obviously it's changed dramatically in the, in the, in the years since, but I knew I could run this course, you know, that's sort of how I felt. I like, I knew I could do it and I wanted to do it. And I actually, you know, I felt like I was really good at it. And, and I, as a core facility person, you're putting more time into learning how to teach this stuff. Right. So I was going to these courses and like, you know, to be quite honest, there are people giving really bad lectures, like excellent microscopists, you know, name recognition, but terrible lectures. And for me, I was like, I just want a course where every lecture is like really good. And the students like learn everything, you know, and, and nobody makes any assumptions about what they already know going into it. I had I had a vision. So I left. I, I decided to just leave the course. I, I didn't want to do it anymore after the nine years. It was like long enough. And two, two weeks or two months later, Cold Spring Harbor called me and asked me if I wanted to start a course. And I was over the moon because I, I don't know that there was anybody else running a, a course um, one of these courses that was running a core facility. I don't think any microscopists, of course, since, since then there are, but so I was really proud, you know, it was something I felt like I worked hard to do. And I was, that was a big moment. Um, and I'm also very proud of the Advanced Microscopy Fellowship as well. I think that's been really successful, so. Uh, so and, and just, just pointing out, and you've obviously got two of those fellows yeah. now working with you. Mm -hmm. And the, the courses aren't just about teaching people how to use microscopes. They, they also motivate and show people that there's a career mm -hmm. in microscopy as well. And it can really change people's careers as it has yes. through your career and actually a couple of your staff. They, they have had their futures inspired. Yeah. And I'm sure there's many others that have gone on the courses and now similarly been inspired to become microscopists, not biologists you, or life scientists using a microscope yeah but actually becoming a microscopist using biology for their microscopy yeah I, I, yeah it's so it's so satisfying you know it's so satisfying to i mean i love teaching at harvard too but it's like smaller scale you know we mostly teach like one day workshops um 
And so Cold Spring Arbor in particular, these short intense courses are so satisfying to see how much they learn over the course of the two weeks. And, um, and they're all like many of them are already doing a microscopy experiment. And some of them leave, this was actually Tally, left realizing he was doing a lot of things wrong just because he didn't know, you know, the details of the equipment. And um, yeah, so it's really satisfying for them to, to know they're gonna go home and you know, do a better job. And, and we definitely have had alumni who have gone on to um, you know, be in core facilities that, that weren't planning on it. So yeah, it's fun. And you mentioned how, <laughs> just going back a little bit, I'm just bringing this up now, how perceptions of people who work in facilities mm -hmm. uh, under the banner of technicians, uh, I, I will really annoy, I know one of our friends by saying we offer a service in some respects and, and we are there to serve in some respects mm -hmm. but serving and collaborating can be the same thing mm -hmm. I think and, and it's teamwork uh, and it's terminologies can really upset some people yeah, and yeah. I, I think we're in a much more open world now but you must have faced a lot of uh, you know uh, positional discrimination yeah absolutely if that makes sense you're you're, you're, yeah. you're pseudo status, even though salary wise, you'll be on quite a senior equivalent salary. I'm not, not going to go there, which is equivalent to some of the very senior researchers, lecturers, yeah. so forth. But because the title, you said it's because you haven't got the title professor. Right. <laughs> there's sometimes a perception. I think that is less so now. Mm -hmm. how, yeah. how have you found that over in the, over in the States? It's changed a lot. I mean, part of the reason why, I, as I said, I, I asked everybody at, at Harvard, why, at Harvard Medical School, when I interviewed, why not hire a technician? And 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 it was the fact that they understood the additional, um, you know, knowledge that you can bring to to helping people on the microscope if you if you have the experience of having done research yourself. And so. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I was a core facility director and that was quite different. And, you know, I have memories of, of a, won't name names, but of a very well-known senior faculty member saying to me early on, like, I don't know, I wouldn't do, you know, I wouldn't want to do ex experiments and having, having my people do experiments in the core if I don't understand those experiments. Um, and... I feel like that's changed. You know, I feel like I, I feel like there's a lot more trust. I'm sure ultimately they understand. I don't mean to make it sound like, but but I think the faculty are much more, and, and it's particularly junior faculty, right? It's definitely junior faculty come in and treat us like colleagues immediately, right? And so that has changed, I think, a lot with the you know younger generations. But um, one of the reasons why I've stayed at Harvard this whole time, the reason why I haven't left. Um, is because I do feel like a colleague there. Um, over the years, it has become where, you know, there are labs at, at, at Harvard Medical School who do all of their imaging in the core facility, who don't have microscopes in their lab, who rely on, you know, my group's expertise to, to guide their, their trainees. And so um, I don't feel that way locally. I don't feel that way at all locally um, or, or very, very rarely, I feel like a colleague. And, and I get, you know, I don't mind saying that it's a service, like we are here to help you, you know, that's that's fine. But what I do care is that I, I get the respect that I that I deserve based on my my expertise and, and experience. And 
that I feel um, for sure here. And, and you touched on that going, going back a bit. There'll be a lot of postdocs uh, in the world that will think, oh, well, you know, why would you want to give up research? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait for it. <laughs> why would you give up research to just use a, t- a technology? And this could be any technology. It could be a genomics platform, a mass spectrometer. It, it could be all sorts of different equipment types. What, what would you say? You know, would you not want to have a project and, and, and make that your, you know, yes, you help others, but would you not like a, a question that you're resolving yourself? What would be your answer to that? Not a biological question, to be honest. I, I, there hasn't been a biological question come across that I've, that I've gotten. You know, I, can, I certainly feel the excitement when a user is excited about their data and I, you know, but um, for me, I'm much more interested in understanding how, uh, microscopes. You know, I'm, I'm, un- I'm much more interested in, in deeply understanding them and testing the things that are not clear, right? And so, um, yeah, that, that's what interests me more. And I think is much, you know, I think that's much more useful, um, better use of my time. So, yeah. Yeah, right. so my, my counter to the argument is, well, actually, why would you want to only solve one biological question when you can help solve lots of biological questions? Yeah, um, exactly. And you mentioned it, the excitement when, when a user and yourself, because you've helped them, sees something for the first time yeah. and it answers a question they've had for ages about the fundamentals of life mm-hmm. and you've seen one of those questions answered in front of your eyes yeah and maybe you don't appreciate it the same depth as a user but you know what they were looking for because you've had yeah. you talk to them obviously yeah. and when they see it and you see it or you point it out say no i can see it the look of excitement on their eyes you know it's infectious for sure Jubilation. and but it is exciting for us too you know, yeah part of that team we are part of so many teams yes yeah team. yeah it's true i mean we um I think one of the things that you know, I mentioned, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I think that's one of the things that um, my group and I sort of share. We're all bit, we're all quite skeptical, and I think that actually matches quite very well with the researcher, right? Because they're so they're so excited and they're so trying to get the answer, and we can be there gently reminding them, well, we still need to do that control, you know, <laughs> like let's double check this and that. Um, so it does very much feel like a, a collaboration as you're as you're working together um and one of the things i also get really excited about is when we have somebody come to the core who has been trying to get an experiment to work like in their lab and have really been struggling and we can help them you know we can turn that around and put them on the right microscope and show them how to run it properly and bam it's you know the signal they didn't think existed is there so that's super satisfying too how often do you get on the microscope still Oh, hmm. <laughs> not 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 that much. Not that much, I'm afraid. Yeah. Do you miss it? Um, I do at times. I what I really miss is feeling uh, intimately involved with every single microscope in my core. You know, I, I I mean, for most of the time I've been here, I I was the one who knew the most about every microscope. 
like all the intricacies of how it's set up and such. And that's not the case anymore, you know? Um, so that's kind of, thankfully I have people that I very much trust who, who hold that information. Um, but, you know, I, I'm at a point now where I, I really like to talk about imaging and I really like to talk about, um, you know, experimental design and approaches. And I, you know, obviously I love to teach and, um, so while I, there are times for sure that I miss it, I like the things that I'm focusing on right now. And, and, I, and I live through the fellows who are so excited about all the time they get to spend on our microscopes. So you don't get, so you don't get much time in the microscope. You've got a great team. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative Award to setting up those. What does the future hold? Where, where do you see yourself going? I'll start there. Hmm. <laughs> um, you're 49 years old. You're coming on 50. You confessed to that already. You're going to do some like crisis time. What are you going to do? Yeah. What's your next challenge? Huh, my next challenge. So, uh, you know, I do want, I, I tell myself the microcourses are my book. You know, I want to, I want to cover all the topics. I've, I've been really slacking off in this pandemic. It's just and hard, isn't it? So, uh, but I have a lot of topics that I want to cover. So that is to me a big project that I'll be working on for years, I think. Um, I have been talking with, I'm not quite sure. I always have like ideas brewing, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sure which direction I'm going to go in, but, but I have been talking with three of my imaging scientist colleagues, um, Abhishek Kumar, Martin Fisher, and Aaron Taylor about sort of putting together like a, there's so much education, so many, especially now with COVID, um, lectures and learning materials for microscopy online, right? There's tons of them. And I'd like to put together a website that's sort of a curated by, you know, people who do microscopy teaching um, set of lectures. And I'm also really, and what I mean by that is we would sort of go through what's out there and pick our, you know, the ones that we like the best and think cover the kinds of material we want to be part of this curriculum and put that together. And yeah, there's a lot more to that idea, but the other thing I wanna do and somewhat related to this is I wanna start um, help, I wanna I want help junior imaging scientists, junior core directors who are starting up teaching. Um, I wanna help like share, curriculum and such with them. So I, I have an idea, I'm, I actually have a website I'm, I'm working on right now that I'm gonna, where I'm gonna share the uh, microcourses slides. Um, so that's almost up and running. Uh, I have to ask, the YouTube channel for this is called? Microcourses, microcourses. Just, just, just to make sure we're clear, and that's not a mu, yeah. but that is an M-O-M-I-C-R-O. That is M-I-C-R-O courses, okay. all one word, yep. Right. So we, we are, Unbelievably, coming up to the hour. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I did say it would go fast. I've got some quick questions for you, though. What is your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh, I think I have to say pepperoni pizza as much as I wish oh, it wasn't. Star. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm with you all the way. I mean, it's, you know, it's the perfect food, isn't it? When it comes to anything except health. <laughs> no, do you know what? It's the perfect fuel. From for, for drinking on an evening or just long running on a Saturday, it's full of carbs, <laughs> sugar, salt, fats. It's a yeah. perfect 
Yeah, I love it. Every yeah. Friday night, it's religion. Is that, yeah, actually, yeah. when I have pizza, it's a Friday night thing, so. Yeah, since, since undergraduate days. Uh, that's yeah. the one thing I will not allow to change. <laughs> so what is your, what, what food do you most dislike? Um, imagine, imagine you're taking out uh, for, on a course or a meal. Yeah. Nightmare dish to have served to you. I am not adventurous when it comes to seafood. I did not grow up eating seafood. Um, and so, yeah, I, there's quite a few things that people love that I kind of, hmm. <laughs> I, I will try anything, um, but, but there are plenty of things in that genre that I don't go back to. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 again, I would agree with that. <laughs> I remember one Elmy when it was a seafood restaurant and it was crabs, lobster and shells, and that was it. That was it. There was yeah. nothing else that night and one slice of bread. That was yeah. a hungry evening that night. Right. Yeah, like I can get by, but it's never, never satisfying. But look on the bright side, there's always drink wherever you go. So what's your favorite drink? It's true. Um, I like cocktails. So let's see, Martina's I think is probably my favorite. Okay. Um, also like a good Negroni. Um, yeah. And Lee's favorite drink? Bartles and James wine coolers. Do they still make those? <laughs> what, 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 what was that drink? Uh, when I was in, oh God, it was high school, college, there were these Bartles and James wine coolers. Um, they, they were, you know, bottled like wine and juice or something. Um, okay. Things of that genre I do not like. <laughs> I, I like the fact that your favorite and least favorite are both alcoholic, but okay. <laughs> You were straight there with alcohol. Forget the coffee, the teas, the hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. Well, coffee. I mean, isn't that a given? Is coffee like, I feel like that's a requirement. <laughs> yeah, and, and what about, uh, so you've got your food, you sit down, you've got your drink. Mm -hmm. So what would you want? What, what movie would you watch? What would be your what's your favorite movie of all time? Mm. I don't know if I have a favorite movie of all time. I love documentaries. That's usually what I'm watching. Okay. Um, and I like the sort of documentary series that there's more and more of now. So that's usually, yeah. Uh, I do watch movies. I've watched a couple of good ones lately, but I but documentaries are the thing that I. Uh, and what, I what content type though? I mean, there's documentaries about all sorts of things. What, what anything, type? anything. If it's a good documentary, I like it. Anything. I, one of my favorite documentaries actually is King of Kong. Uh, strongly recommended if you haven't seen it. It's about um, the sort of world champion Donkey Kong players. Uh, and it's just a really, you know, what I think is the best is when it's a topic you wouldn't think you were interested in, because I don't care about, you know, competitive video gaming. But, you know, when they can make it like fascinating and you go into this whole other world that you're, you're not, you know, part of, it's, yeah. So you, yeah, you really did mean anything, didn't you, at that point? Yes. <laughs> Okay, so you watch the movie, you go to bed, you put some music on. What music would you listen to? Classical, rock, pop, indie. What would you, what would be your genre there? Oh wow, um, you know, I I honestly don't listen to a ton of music. If I do turn on music, it's going to be something like Nora Jones or Taylor Swift. It's like those sort of um, maybe girly music. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, actually. Uh, that's usually if I've got my headphones in, you know, water and plants, I've usually got a podcast on. Okay. And, and then it's time to make yourself sleepy. So you pick up a book or do you, do you read books? I do not 
a ton, but I, but I do, I used to be a really heavy reader and yeah, but I do. Okay. And, and finally you're, you're then going to wake up the next morning and you're going to get some clothes on. Yes. I, I think I know what the answer to this is going to be. What is your favorite item of clothing? Uh, well, um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely gonna be something I made, of course. Um, and it changes a lot because I make, I make clothes a lot. I mean, I have way more clothes than I possibly need and I give them away a lot because I make way too many. Um, I think jeans, like jeans really are my favorite thing to make. Um, and so probably, you know, I've probably made 15 pairs at this point and, uh, but there's still a couple that I, you know, they're starting to wear out. I love them so much. So probably, and I, I live in jeans, so. Denim, I, I did think that would be the answer. Yeah. What's your least favorite item of clothing? Which you obviously don't own, because why would you own something you dislike that much? Uh, yeah, I actually did make a blazer one time just because I thought it would be a good thing to have. I'm not really a blazer person, but, and I also wanted to make one because it's, I didn't know how to, so it's kind of challenging. But um, yeah, anything like dress, I'm just not a person who likes to dress up. You know, anything, anything dressy. I, I like a, to wear a dress, like a, a, you know, casual dress in the summer, but I, I don't, oh God, you know, high heels, no, done. <laughs> so, so to end on, I usually ask if, if you've got a favorite joke. So actually I have noticed that my shirt's actually quite cool. Ah. Bordering on moire fringes, I think. And I've heard, you know, a moire <laughs> fringe song. So I'll give you a choice. Favorite joke or your Moray Frings song, which I don't know, so. Peter, <laughs> um, you know, there are things that I'm good at and there are things that are not, that I'm not. <laughs> and singing is way up there on the list. Charlie has a great singing voice. So if, I, if he was, you know, uh, available, I would have him sing it for you. But um, uh, it is a song and Tally does sing it when he, he does his sim lecture. And um, I will tell you the lyrics, which is when the moon hits your eyes like a big pizza pie, that's amore. <laughs> oh, now I know what the song is as well. Oh, as in I know how it's gonna go. <laughs> yes, now it's in your head. You're gonna be listening to it all day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I am, I'm gonna be running for hours tomorrow morning. And all I'm going to have is that in my head. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jennifer. And on that note, Jennifer, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been great to catch up and have a chat with you. And I hope everyone's enjoyed listening or watching. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the various channels. And I say this one's well worth watching. The pictures, that, I'm sorry, I, the point spread function picture, so <laughs> artistic. It was so brilliant. And, and thank you so yeah, much. It's, nice. it's brilliant. So, Jennifer, thank, thank you very much. Thank you, Peter. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to The Microscopists, a bite-sized bio podcast sponsored by Zeiss Microscopy. To view all audio and video recordings from this series, please visit bitesizebio.com forward slash the microscopists.